Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Brian Carter 99 A49ers podcast. Hope you're having a good day. You probably listened to this on Saturday, the day before the big game. And I don't know about you, but I am very excited about this game. It is it is official. It was made official today. We all speculated it. We were thinking we knew what was going to happen. Last week, Jimmy comes in. He starts the game. He plays the first half, gets hurt at some point early, plays terrible during the second quarter. Trey plays the second half. Whole bunch of who knows what's going on with Jimmy. It's official. Shanahan officially ruled Jimmy out. He didn't take any reps in practice this week. Trey took all the reps in practice, and Shanahan officially said today Trey is starting. Jimmy is ruled out. Not just questionable, uh, not doubtful, just out. Jimmy is out. This is Trey's game this week versus the Cardinals. And... I got to tell you, I um, I am so excited for this. Um, as, as much as I'm rooting for us to win because I want us to win the game, part of me is just like, I don't even care. I just want to see Trey. Just I want to see Trey go out there, put some awesome stuff on tape, and I want to see what's going to happen. So... Um, I've tried to spend a good amount of time this week. Uh, we did the we did the game review podcast a couple days ago, so tried to watch a bunch of what happened last game. Tried to see what Trey was doing good, what he did bad, uh, what he needed to work on, just how he looked in general. And I think the general consensus was that he came in. He didn't look all that great. His first couple throws were really off. And then later on in the game, he settled in. He had a couple really good, he had a couple of good drives in the fourth quarter. He ended up leading two scoring touchdown drives, uh, two touchdown drives. And overall, he was, you know, he was a little bit scattershot and it was a little bit erratic, but I mean, what do you expect? He's a 21-year-old rookie. He's thrown in at halftime and he'd thrown two passes and next thing you know, he's down by 14 points. So kind of difficult, you know, like, hey, we have thrown you in at halftime. You're down 14. You're only thrown two passes. Um, but he got better throughout the game and what he showed us was extremely encouraging, you know, just the arm, the talent is there. He's got a massive arm. He can fire missiles 50 yards downfield. He can fire a laser, you know, like six yards. Like the kid's arm is incredible. I even, even right now, he probably has one of the five strongest arms in the NFL as a 21 year old rookie. He's got to learn how to control it. He does need to learn to put some touch on the ball. Um, his footwork was sloppy at times. His throwing mechanics were sloppy. He had a big wind-up loopy motion. It wasn't nearly as tight and compact as we'd seen previously. But overall, it was very encouraging. And we saw him 
making plays. And I think that's what Trey is going to have to rely on, at least on the short term, is until he really develops. And I don't know how long it's going to take Trey to develop. He seems like a really sharp, mature, intelligent kid, really hard worker, knows what he needs to work on, knows the opportunity in front of him, uh, knows what kind of physical ability he has and that he really just needs to work on himself. Um, I could potentially see this being a lot like a Josh Allen kind of development curve where this year he was rookie year. It's probably going to be spotty. It's probably going to be erratic. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he only ends up having a, a low 60s or a high 50s completion percentage. Um, and, you know, year two makes a step. Year three makes a massive jump. We're seeing that. We saw that last year with Josh Allen. We're seeing that right now with Kyler Murray. Massive third-year jump. Not everyone is going to come out and be, you know, a, a Justin Herbert and light the NFL on fire as a rookie. Um, but either way, it's here. It's the Trey era, and we get to see our first full game where Trey is the starter. So it's very exciting stuff. Um, one of the things that so I watched the uh, I watched Shanahan give his press conference today, and the thing that stood out to me the most, honestly, it wasn't even anything that he said. It was just his demeanor. And Shanahan, you could tell how excited he was to see Trey play. And he was trying so hard to contain himself. But Shanahan's excitement, it was it was visible. Like you could see and you could feel the excitement. And I can tell Shanahan is also nervous. Trey is a little bit of a project. You know, he's a 21-year-old with a huge huge arm, amazing athlete. I mean, we saw some of his movement skills last game. I mean, he's going to have to rely on his athleticism and his just, like, playmaking ability and just, like, improvisational kind of stuff for the time being until he really starts getting down, like, you know, learning to read key defenders, anticipating guys being open, anticipating guys being open, anticipating people hitting their breaks um, until he starts developing, you know, touch on his passes, uh, you know, consistently being able to like look off safeties and things like that. But you saw flashes of it and the flashes of his talent are so high and it is so exciting because... I think I've made it pretty clear that I have been a, I would say a fair Jimmy supporter in the sense that I supported Jimmy as long as he played well and he was winning us games. Unfortunately, Jimmy was not playing well this year. He wasn't really winning us games and the offense has been struggling. At this point, he's hurt again. Let's go with Trey. So big, big, big game on Sunday. Um, I'm going to go through the injury reports um, and I want to do, I kind of just want to do my general scouting of what I saw from the Cardinals. Um, I've spent 
pretty much today and yesterday some free time about let's say probably about four about four hours or so watching the Cardinals games. So I watched the I watched their last three games. I didn't have a chance to watch the Titans game, um, but yesterday I watched the Jaguars game and the Rams game, um, and then today I rewatched the Rams game, the Jaguars game, and I just watched the Vikings game. So I watched all three of them. Um, I just did the condensed game because I'm not gonna spend ten hours breaking down all 22 film. Um, I don't have the time, <laughs> you know, I get off work at like six o'clock. I, you know, come home and then I'll maybe watch some football, hang out with my girlfriend, eat dinner, play some video games and it's 1030 at night now and I'm recording. So, uh, don't got time to be studying all 22 for 20 hours a week. Um, but there were some things that I came away with from watching the Cardinals. So... Facing the Cardinals is going to be a very, very interesting matchup. And my my general kind of thoughts is that the Cardinals right now are being led by Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray is in the zone. He is in his element. He is operating a really efficient spread offense where they're stretching people vertically they're stretching the defense horizontally and they're scheming guys open and they've got some they've got some really good players i mean they've got deandre hopkins one of the best receivers in the nfl they've got on one side on the other side they've got aj green who you know he's not the aj green of five years ago but he looks a lot better than he has looked the last couple of years, and he's still a six foot four receiver who can create separation. He's really long, and he knows how to control his body to adjust and make those catches and beat guys at the catch point. And AJ Green has been playing very well uh, because they added AJ Green. They were able to move uh, Christian Kirk into the slot which is where he is best. So Christian Kirk is playing really well out of the slot. They also added Rondell Moore, uh, their second round pick, if I remember correctly, the rookie. And he is very much a uh, just freak athlete, small offensive weapon. You know, they don't make very many guys that are five foot eight and 90th percentile in every athletic testing. If I remember correctly, he ran like a, like a, four three flat and like his agility drills and his vertical jump were all like 90th percentile or higher um despite the fact that he's only five foot eight so he's an explosive uh threat with the ball in his hands so you've got those four guys and then you add in on offense they've still got um their uh their tight end i think it's a max max williams I was just watching the last three games. It's hard to remember everybody. Um, but him, he's looking like he's a solid kind of uh, more of a move tight end. He's not really a great blocking tight end. But in, again, in their scheme, they're just sending out four or five guys who can go out, run routes, and catch. And he can do that. He's basically a very, very big receiver. 
Uh, he's been playing well. Uh, and Kyler Murray, the way that he has been able to just have this spread offense and pretty much every play, somebody is getting open. I don't have Kyler Murray's stats right now, but he's playing at an MVP level. He's completing a crazy amount of his passes, like 70 or 80% of his passes. Um, I'm actually going to see if I can look it up here real quick. Let me uh, mute this because I'm pretty sure it's going to pop on some kind of sound. Oh, yep, there we go. Just just did. Just there. Just there. Cool. So, um, last name. Let's see here. Murray. Calamare. Yeah, so... Anyways, um, Kyler Murray is, he's just spreading the ball so well. And it's been crazy to watch. Um, he's, he's just, he's in his element. It's year three and everything is just falling into place for him where he's in the perfect system and he is just operating it and executing it flawlessly. And when you add on, when you add in that they have basically four or five legitimate receiving threats, receiving options, they improve their offensive line. If you remember correctly, they added uh, the center, um, Rodney Hudson, really good center for like the last decade of, uh, from the Raiders. And they improve their offensive line and I think two positions. So they have an improved offensive line. And then Kyler Murray is like a freaking bunny rabbit, just the way he can like run around and be crazy elusive. So it's extremely hard to contain Kyler Murray. And then when you have four or five good receivers on the field, it's been very hard to stop them. And they have been putting up crazy amount of points on offense. Uh, if I remember correctly, right now, they're currently, I think, second in scoring offenses. So in terms of points scored, you know, you're you're looking at the very, very best in the league in terms of scoring. Um, it's going to be difficult to outscore them just straight up. You know, they're, they're executing. They have the players that they need to operate the type of offense that they are operating. It's a dangerous matchup. Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what we're looking at generally in terms of the Arizona offense, um, on defense, it's a little bit different. Um, now I will say on offense, their weakness is probably their run game, uh, but they don't really seem to care that much. Uh, they kind of just run it occasionally. They've got, uh, Connor, uh, the former Pittsburgh Steeler. He is more of their kind of like power running back and then they've got Edmonds and he is more of their kind of elusive scat back type of uh, running back back there. He's a lot more likely to check, get check downs and have kind of more uh, explosive plays. Whereas Connor is kind of more of like the hammer that they use whenever they do try and hammer it. Um, but very much a, a, a spread offense, stretch you horizontally, stretch you vertically. We're going to get somebody open because we've got, four or five legitimate guys that we can get the ball to. And if there's nobody open, Kyler Murray can just scamper in between three guys and gain six or eight or 10 yards. So 
very, very dangerous and very difficult to contain, you know, that, that type of offense. So that's kind of what we're facing here. Uh, the Niners, on the other hand, they're doing, they're currently eighth in scored in points. Uh, it doesn't really feel that way because the offense has been more sporadic. Uh, so, anyways, in terms of, yeah, like I mentioned, their weaknesses, primarily I would say running offense is pro probably the, the number one thing, is that their rush offense isn't really that great. Uh, let's see here. So, in terms of what we're looking at on defense, they have an interesting defense in the sense that it seems like what they've built is essentially the, exa the exact same thing as their offense, but on defense meaning that they have a bunch of guys in the secondary that are fast, that are kind of cover guys, but not super physical. Uh, their weakness is stopping the run. So they're very bad at stopping the run. They're, I, ran, I think they're ranked 31st. So like very, very bottom of the league in terms of run defense. Um, their pass defense is better. They're not a super physical defense. What I saw a lot of was I saw a lot of guys who, good athletes. They were good athletes on defense. They seem like they have very good movement skills. Um, and it looked like there was a lot of, it wasn't like they were going to hit you really hard. Um, so not like a physical, like, we're going to punish you kind of defense more of like, Hey, we doubt you can keep up, keep up with us on offense. And our defensive guys are really fast. They're really athletic and they'll just chase you down and tackle you. Um, and just like drag you to the ground. And I saw a lot of that where it looked like, you know, guys were in pretty good coverage and then they would drag you down. Now I will say in terms of injury report, uh, one of their best defenders, uh, Byron Murphy Jr. He is actually out for the game and he has been their best corner. So I believe that means that that leaves Robert Alford. Uh, the other one who is questionable is Marco Wilson, a rookie. He's been playing pretty well. Uh, he is questionable. Uh, which leaves the other corner, I believe the next corner in line who's going to be up then is going to be Tay Gowan and another rookie. So they did take a hit with uh, with Byron Murphy, him being out. So that is one thing that they're going to be down is they're going to be down one of their best corners. They do, however, have Buda Baker, who is an extremely good safety Um and unfortunately, Kittle is doubtful. And I know Kittle usually wins the matchup with Buda Baker, but without Kittle, uh, Buda Baker is probably going to have an advantage uh, in terms of Buda versus our tight ends and our running backs. Because uh, he's a really good safety. And, you know, you can't discredit that. But overall, their defense, it was 
I was noticing that it was very opportunistic. I think I mentioned that. They're not hard hitting, but they have generated a lot of turnovers. So lots of interceptions, lots of forced fumbles. We are very much going to need to be careful about turning the ball over because when the ball's in the air, they're very, they're very good at picking the ball off. You know, if there's a ball in the air, they're very good at that tip drill, you know, where you pick up the balls in the air, go get it, get the interception. They're very good at that. I've also noticed that uh, while they're not the biggest hitters, there's definitely, uh, they've been working on their, their punch drills. So punching the ball out, they've definitely forced a few fumbles. Uh, in terms of their defensive line, they've got J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. J.J. Watt has been fairly quiet, and I think that's just kind of the nature of, you know, he's old, he's beat up, he's not the J.J. Watt from five or eight years ago, he's not a game wrecker anymore, he's now just kind of like a solid veteran defensive lineman. And Chandler Jones had the first week of the season, he was incredible, he had a five-sack game. Uh, I believe that was the first game of the season, but he's been very quiet since then. I don't think he's had any sacks since. So overall, their numbers have been kind of skewed by a couple dominant performances. So it's kind of difficult to know what that means. But what I will say is that Arizona is 4-0, and they have figured out a way to win all of their games. And... You know, I remember when we went to the Super Bowl two years ago, that was what we did. We didn't always win one way. We found different ways to win the games. So some things that stood out from the games that I watched. On the Jaguars game, uh, the Jaguars, probably one of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, turnovers in that game were ridiculous. The Jaguars fumbled the ball four times four four fumbles from the jaguars uh the cardinals to their credit forced three of them so the cardinals forced three fumbles the jaguars lost two so the cardinals they forced three and recovered two fumbles in the jaguars game uh, Trevor Lawrence also threw two interceptions and he probably should have been picked off another couple times. It was like he was trying to throw the ball to the defenders. Um, and to be fair, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I think that was his second or third game. So, you know, sometimes it's rough to be a rookie. Some, it's difficult to transition. You can't expect rookies to be amazing after one or two games. So he struggled. Um, but yeah, the turnovers, like four, four turnovers. And what's crazy is that they had four turnovers. One of them, one interception was a pick six. They also had, if you remember correctly, the kick six, where the Jaguars tried to kick a field goal and... Uh, or maybe it was the other way, but either way, there was the kick six where there was the kicked field goal and then that, so where that was returned for a kick. So just overall, really weird game with the turnovers. Um, 
the Jaguars were able to run the ball very well. And what I noticed in that game actually was that the Jaguars seemed to be dominating the majority of that. The, they were dominating the first half. And then it was the second half with all the turnovers that the Jaguars were giving up. I think they lost the turnover battle like uh, it was like four to one. So the Jaguars, they turned the ball over four times compared to the Cardinals only turning the ball over once. So it was a pretty close game. The Jaguars, I would say, were playing better than the Cardinals for the first half. But then, you know, if you learn the if you lose the turnover battle by three, you're probably going to lose the game. And that's what happened. They end up losing the game. But it was... It wasn't necessarily a dominant win from the Cardinals. It was very much of just a, a ball security issue. Um, they just had a really good game turnover-wise, and then Kyler Murray made a couple plays. Uh, Kyler Murray, I mean, he's in the zone, but he wasn't that good during that first half. I think the Cardinals just, they, they won that game primarily, in my opinion, because of the turnover battle. So, um, I think that's the majority of what I remember from that game. I'm going to pull up my Cardinals games here just to make sure that I'm not missing anything. So, yeah, 19 to 31, they won the turnover battle by three, which is pretty crazy because uh, that is quite a big difference in turnovers. So. Uh, let's see if I can bring up the stats for the game. Yeah, I'm not going to worry about it. Anyways. Cool. So that was the Jaguars game. Um, and what I realized watching that game was that these Cardinals, they didn't really look all that good. They put up 31 points, but they were also gifted three additional possessions via turnover. You know, you win the turnover battle by three, I would expect you to win the game. Uh, the Rams game. Matt Stafford has not looked very good the past two weeks. So Matt Stafford has looked amazing. The uh, first few weeks of the season, he looked incredible. And after they beat the Buccaneers, in which he, again, looked great, uh, he didn't look very good against the Cardinals. He did not have a good game against the Cardinals. He threw an interception. He was fairly inaccurate at the beginning of the game. Let me see here. Where is it? Come on, Rams game. There we go. Yeah, so not really all that great of a game from them. Where the heck is the, there we go, game book, PDF, perfect, cool, so, uh, Matt Stafford, <clears throat> where are his stats, so Stafford, 26 out of 41, which is okay, not great. Two touchdowns, one interception. He only had an 89 quarterback rating. So Stafford was not playing all that great. 
But again, what were they able, what were they able, what were the Rams able to do? Run the ball. They were able to run the ball for an average of 5.3 yards per rush attempt. Uh, Daryl Henderson had 6.4 yards per carry. And it wasn't like he had a huge run. His longest run was 15 yards. So it was just like six yards every single time. You can run on this Arizona Cardinals team. It is tricky trying to pass on them. Their pass defense appears to be pretty good. And they seem to be decent in points. But again, I think that's because of turnovers. Again, Stafford threw an interception. Um, Fumbles, the... Yeah, so again, fumbles. The Rams, Sonny Michel had a fumble, and they lost it. Whereas the Cardinals had one fumble, but they recovered it. So, again, the Cardinals are winning the turnover battle consistently. That's one thing that we need to be very careful with. Our running backs need to make sure that they are holding on to the ball because apparently the Cardinals have been working on that punch game where you punch the ball out. It's working because they're forcing fumbles. So we got to be careful with that. Um, Yeah, just overall, the Rams game, I mean, I will be honest. They definitely beat the Rams. And Kyler Murray, he was solid. He was 24 of 32, 268 yards, you know, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 120 passer rating. That's pretty good. He's running around. He's distributing the ball. Here's something crazy. His targets. So he threw, so AJ Green had five receptions. Max, uh, Mike, uh, sorry, Max Williams, five receptions. Hopkins, four receptions. Edmonds, four receptions. Rondell Moore, three receptions. James Conner, two. Christian Kirk, one. So he's, he's getting the ball out. He's distributing it. And that's what they're doing so well on offense is they're spreading the field out. Kyler Murray is able to look around and just, just throw him in there. He's slinging the rock. He's playing really, really good football right now. Um, yeah. However, their run game, again, the run game was not really that good. Um, well, I guess to be fair against the, uh, Against the Rams, they actually had a pretty good run game. They ran it for 5.4 yards. That's actually, I think, their best running game. Cool. And then the final game that I watched was the Vikings. And again, I'll be honest, they handily beat the Rams. So they did beat the Rams. I don't know if the Rams just, like, you know, blew their wad against the uh, Buccaneers. But they, they just weren't that good. And you know what? The Rams didn't look that good on Thursday against the Seahawks either. I mean, I know they won the game, but it wasn't necessarily a pretty game from them. So, anyways, let's talk about the Vikings game. Now, the Vikings game, if you're noticing any trends here, the main trends that I've seen is that on defense, the run game is really bad. They're allowing basically five and a half yards per carry but they're very good at forcing turnovers. They're getting interceptions. You know, if, if you throw the ball at the Cardinals, they're going to pick it off. You know, they're, their defensive backs have been hitting the jugs machine. You know, they're ready to get out there and catch it. And then they've also been forcing fumbles. So when you win the turnover battle and you have a good passing offense, does it really matter if your run game is not that good? I don't think so. 
And I think that's what's happening. So, the Vikings game, though, I think was the most interesting of them. Because the Vikings, out of these three games, I would say the Vikings are the most similar to the Niners. And they're not entirely similar. And we honestly have no idea what we're going to get from Trey. Because the offense, with a full week... Because they spent the entire week where Trey was the number one. He took all the reps, and there was a game plan installed for Trey. This was not a Jimmy Garoppolo game plan. This is a Trey Lance game plan. He took all the reps with the ones as the starter. Not, hey, you're getting thrown in with the other guy's game plan. Hey, you got the reps. You're the starter. Your game plan. We don't know what it's going to look like. And what we have seen is that Trey Lance, when he's on the field, it does look very different from Jimmy. There's a lot more shot. There's a lot more, uh, you know, obviously the zone reads because nobody like Jimmy's not running anywhere. If he runs, he's going to get hurt. Um, but what I'm getting at is that the Vikings, what do they do? They like to do tendency wise similar to what Shanahan likes to do scheme wise. So there's a lot of outside zone, there's inside zone, there's play action with some intermediate and some deep shots. And they were really good at it. Kirk Cousins was solid. He was um, 22 of 32, 240 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 122 passer rating. Kirk Cousins carved them up. He was really good. Uh, but you know what? Kyler Murray threw for 400 yards, had three touchdowns. He did have two picks, but Kyler Murray threw for 400 yards. Um, Kyler Murray was out there slinging it. He did throw a couple picks. Um, but the run game, the run game was really good. 6.6 yards per carry. So basically what was happening was... Dalvin Cook was going off. He was having an incredible game. Uh, the run game in general has been the Cardinals' weakness. And Kirk Cousins, he's solid. He's a good quarterback. hes I think we can all agree at this point that Kirk Cousins is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And he was out there. He was slinging it. You know, three touchdowns, no picks, 240 yards, good completion percentage. He was slinging it. And Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, Osborne. I'm not super familiar with Osborne, but he's been doing well. They all had five or six catches. So, yeah, they were doing well. And on top of that, in terms of turnovers, again, turnovers, the Vikings didn't lose the turnover battle. They actually won the turnover battle because Kyler Murray threw two interceptions. Now, if I remember correctly, two, the two interceptions, they were both deep balls. Oh, wait, no, no, no. No, one of them was a deep ball where he attempted a 50-yard pass and it ended up being undercut by the far side safety. Uh, I guess he didn't see it or didn't get it there in time. It looked like he was taking a hit as that happened, but basically trying to force a 50-yard bomb and gets picked off by the safety uh, at like the five-yard line or so. The other one, though, he totally didn't see a linebacker and threw a pick six. I would love 
to see Fred Warner get an interception this week. And we know Fred Warner can do it. He's, you know, he's tall. He can jump. He's got good hands. I'd love to see a Fred Warner interception this week. But yeah, they were really good running the ball. They were good on play action. And they were physical. They were stuffing the Cardinals' run. Again, they ran the ball for 6.6. Cardinals ran the ball for less than 5 per carry. So, those are the three games that I watched. That is my brief scouting report. So, what does that mean that we can expect? What are some things that probably will work? What kind of game are we going to expect? And what's the formula for the Niners to win? And how are they going to lose? I think I think when you really just boil it down and keep it as, as simple as possible, because uh, obviously football, you can overcomplicate, scheme things like crazy and talk for hours. That's why if you're like me, you listen to 20,000 different podcasts for football for six hours a day. <laughs> um, but I would say on offense, we need to run the ball. We need to run the ball. We need to run the ball effectively. Um, Byron Murphy being out is a good thing. We do have a couple of good receivers. George Kittle is doubtful, so we might not have a George Kittle. That is a negative, but positive side, we do have a Debo. We do have a Brandon Ayuk, who in my opinion is likely going to have a breakout game. Uh, we also have a Trent Sherfield who definitely has the speed. You know, he can stretch the field. I remember I was watching some Seahawks film. He beat a couple of guys vertically a few times. So Trent Sherfield has some speed. And then Sanu, he's kind of that possession veteran slot. So, you know, we've got we've got two really good receivers, a couple other receiving threats. But I think the real thing that we're going to have to focus on is just making sure that we run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. They have shown that they are not good at defending the run. And what are we good at? We are good at running the ball. Trey Sermon had a good game against the Seahawks. And I think he's getting in his groove. Trey Sermon, I think what we've seen this is that scouting report, you look at a scouting report, you look at how we're using him. I think that he was specifically drafted for this system. Trey Sermon, he did a lot of these zone read, read option plays with Justin Fields at Ohio. He was really good at it, and he was good at running inside zone. And I think that's what we're going to use him for. He is going to be our inside zone runner, our zone read guy. And we're going to hand the ball off to him, and he's going to pound the rock downhill. And like I was saying... Their defense, they don't seem extremely physical, and Trey Sermon is a tackle breaker. So he can probably break a couple arm tackles and get a few extra yards fairly often on this Arizona defense. Uh, although, again, they do have speed. They have speed, but they're not super physical. So if, if they come down, they get to you fast. Trey Sermon, break that tackle. Break that tackle, get an extra two, three yards. Break another tackle, get an extra two, three yards after contact. I want to see Trey Sermon getting three to four yards after contact every play because that's what he's good at, and that's what we're going to need. 
So run the ball. Uh, I expect Lance, I'm sure, to have some keepers. He's probably going to have some designed runs. And other good news, Elijah Mitchell, he is fully cleared. He is good to go. He wasn't even on the injury report. So we have Elijah Mitchell back. He's going to be our speed guy. He is, uh, it's also been said that he's our best receiving running back. So our best pass catching back. So that's good. Having another running back that we can pound the rock with. So the run game, the run game is going to be key. You know, pound it pound it, pound it. We need to control the clock. We need to minimize the number of possessions that the Cardinals have. And the other big key is that on offense, touchdowns. We need to make sure that we are getting touchdowns. We can't just settle for field goals on regularly on drives. First off, we don't have our kicker. We've got a new kicker, Joey Sly, You know, young guy, I think he's been in the league for, this is his third or fourth year. He's built like a freaking linebacker. The dude is jacked. (laughs) Uh, And he can kick pretty far, but he also only has a 79% career completion percentage, which isn't quite what you want. I feel 100% confident with him doing the extra point kicks, but I would really prefer that we don't, I, I don't want us going for any kicks unless it's like fourth and 10. I mean, if it's fourth and two, no, if it's fourth and five, you're pushing it. But I would, I would really prefer, um, you know, that you just go for it because we need touchdowns. Arizona, realistically, they're going to put up 30 points. They've, I think they've put up 30, they've put up at least 30 points in every single game. So, run the ball, control the time of possession, touchdown drives. No settling for field goals. I want us being aggressive. I want us going for it on fourth down. Even if you don't convert every fourth down conversion, what it does, if you're within field goal range or near the goal line, is it just makes it so that they have to have that much more feel that they need to cover so i want us again that's that's the main thing now i will say that the best thing that we can do also to open up the running game is the passing game and what i mean by that is that i want trey to air the ball out and throw deep and throw outside the numbers to keep them honest um Again, their corners are not great, and their corners are injured. You know, if you're looking at basically an injured two, uh, an injured rookie, a backup rookie, and Robert Alford as your three starting corners, then I would say that I would probably take Debo and Ayuk over those guys. I don't know how much I trust Trey to throw the ball. But what I do know is that if Trey can throw the ball deep, take some deep shots, take some take some uh, deep out routes, you know, basically force the Cardinals to guard the entire field. If they're cramping the box, you know, putting eight, nine guys in the box, it's going to be very difficult to run. But if we can show, hey, 
if you're going to crowd the box, we will throw it over your head, and this kid can chuck it 70 yards. If we do that, it'll spread out their defense, and that opens up more run lanes. So very much on offense. You know, we, we got to run the ball, but I really want them to also air out, take some deep shots, take some shots to the outside. You got to keep the defense honest, and it's going to open things up for the run game. So that's what I want to see on offense. On defense, defense is going to be very difficult just because the Cardinals' offense is so good. I mean, again, I think they have either the number one or the number two scoring offense in the NFL. They're second in points. So they've scored the second most points in the NFL. That's going to be hard to stop. I it doesn't matter what kind of scheme you have. It's going to be hard to stop. I will say that I think that this the game plan that we had against the Seahawks was very good. And our defense played extremely well versus the Seahawks. We only allowed Russell Wilson uh, to 149 passing yards and only 230 total yards of offense. So we basically shut down Seattle's offense. Um, if we get another performance like that, I think we've got a legitimate chance. And I'm not saying that we're going to contain Arizona to 230 yards at all. I don't, I think that that is asking way too much considering how many injuries we have in the secondary. But what I mean is that if we can have that same level of play, then we can end a couple drives, you know, send some, send some creative blitzes. Some of the blitzes that we have been sending have been masterpieces where it's like you're overloading one side of the offensive line. Fred Warner is faking like he's going to blitz from the other side, which gives Bosa a one-on-one matchup. And then instead of blitzing Warner, he backs off into a short, a short coverage, and then you have a slot corner coming in on the edge. So you've got Bosa with a one-on-one, and then a blitz coming, an overload corner blitz coming off the middle, and then Fred Warner is dropping back just like two, three yards to catch anything short underneath. That's why we shut down the Seahawks. They had five straight three and outs, remember. We completely shut them out. So if we can do something similar, it'll be a great thing. Uh, In terms of who I expect to see on defense, I will say that because Arizona has so much uh, spread spread offense, I would be not surprised at all if we see more dime packages, uh, dime and big dime. And what I mean by that is that obviously you have your base, your 4-3, you have your nickel, um, but dime meaning... We don't even have two linebackers in, just, you know, our four defensive linemen, Fred Warner, four corners, two safeties. So obviously the safeties, uh, either four corners, two safeties, or uh, three corners, three safeties. So I don't know which one that they think makes more sense. It might depend on the matchup. Um, I think Drake Kirkpatrick had a pretty good game last week. I know I was very frustrated about the pass interference call, but at the same time, if he 
didn't cause the pass interference, then Tyler Lockett probably would have caught the ball and went for a touchdown. So, you know, it's I guess I'll take that one pass interference. Um, I really don't want us giving up a lot of these frustrating pass interferences, and that is one thing that scares me about this game because Kyler Murray will air that ball out, and he will throw it down to DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green and say, hey, go make a play. And then, you know, our receivers are going to have to guard them. So who do we see? I would... Josh Norman is healthy. He's cleared. Drake Kirkpatrick had a solid game. Josh Norman was pretty good for the first uh, half of the Packers game before he got hurt. Diamandor Lenore has been playing pretty solid. Emmanuel Mosley has been playing really well. And then we've also got Dante Johnson. Hopefully he's not on the field. Um, I don't know what their plan is, but I wouldn't be surprised if they mix up the corners based on who they feel has the best matchup. So maybe they feel, hey, you know what? On A.J. Green, we're going to put Dre Kirkpatrick on A.J. Green because they're both really big, long guys, and we like that matchup. On DeAndre Hopkins, we're going to put, um, you know, we're going to we're going to put Emmanuel Mosley on DeAndre Hopkins because Mosley is playing the best right now, and he's their best guy. Or maybe they think, hey, we're going to put Josh Norman on DeAndre Hopkins because he's the veteran and we think that he's physical and he can play well contesting those catches against him. Uh, or maybe they're going to put one of them in the slot. Um, yeah, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know how they're going to do it, um, but I do expect that they're going to have more defensive backs on the field. And I think that's what you have to do against this kind of team because... The way that they play, we're either going to need to force them, like just punish them by being overly physical, or we're going to have to try and match them with our speed. Matching them with speed seems very difficult, but again, if they're sending out four wide receivers, I feel like you got to go four corners or three safeties. Uh, maybe that means we see some more Hafunga. I really don't know what... D'Amico Ryans is going to do to counter this Arizona offense. It's very different from an offenses that we've seen so far. You know, we've been seeing a lot of the kind of Shanahan McVay style offenses. You know, there's the outside zone, the play action, a lot of that kind of uh, style of offense. Whereas this is again, spread offense go four wide, go five wide, empty sets, you know, what's a run game? <laughs> uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, but I will say that our corners have played better than I expected outside of the penalties. And I really just hope the penalties don't kill us this game. Uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking in terms of the secondary. In terms of the run defense, I I don't think that Arizona has a very good run game, so I think that we should be able to handle that. Javon Kinlaw is listed as questionable. I have a feeling he's going to play. Uh, Maurice Hurst is back, though, if you remember, and Maurice Hurst is very good. He is 
probably our second or third best defensive tackle. Uh, I don't think he's quite as good as Kinlaw, and I don't think he's as good as Armstead at defensive tackle. Uh, but he's not far behind, and he's fresh. You know, he's back. He played the one game. So, you know, our defensive line, I will say that our defensive line, I think they should be able to get after it. And I think that's going to be what we're going to have to rely on. I I don't think that our, our, uh, our corners are going to be able to cover all the receivers just because they have too much talent at receiver uh, compared to our corners. I don't like that matchup. Uh, I think that they have been outperforming what I expected, which is great because I was concerned that our corners were just going to be a death toll and they've been playing solid. Again, you know, you contain Russell Wilson, 149 yards. That's really fucking good corner play. Uh, Our defensive line, they need to be on it. Now, containing Kyler Murray, you can try, but it's so fucking hard. He's so good. I think that the main thing is just the uh, the pass rush needs to be relentless. We need to make sure that we're subbing guys in so that we're keeping guys fresh because Kyler Murray, if we're not careful, there could be a point where... Uh, the reason why I say this is because I don't want it to be in the fourth quarter and we still have Nick Bosa out there and he is gassed and can't run and Armstead is out there. He can't run because he's exhausted. I want them. That's one of the reasons also complimentary football. That's why we need to control the clock with our run game is to keep our defensive line fresh because if they're fresh, they can tee off and they can just chase and harass uh, Kyler Murray. And even though I don't, I think, stacking Kyler Murray is extremely difficult. Again, it's like, have you ever tried catching a bunny rabbit? I feel like that's what it would be like trying to catch Kyler Murray. Like he's a little bunny rabbit back there. He just runs around. You're like, oh fuck, I missed him. Um, So he's going to be really difficult to tackle, but if they can just keep the pursuit up, just high motor. And if we can keep our guys fresh with that complimentary run game, that'll be huge. And then, the biggest thing with the back end, with our corners, our safeties, our defensive backs, is just staying assignment sound. Because when Kyler Murray starts scrambling and things start breaking down, he'll find open guys. So whatever type of coverage that we are playing, our defensive backs need to make sure that their communication is on point and they are assignment sound and they are contesting every catch and they're punishing. You know, I want them, I want them there. I don't want Kyler Murray throwing to a guys who are five yards wide open. I want him being harassed by the defensive line, having to thread the needle every single throw because he'll get frustrated. When he gets frustrated, he'll hold on to the ball, and then he starts taking hits. And if you can start hitting him, even if we're not sacking him a lot, if we can just hit him, that would be good. Um, But again, you got to be careful, because he's so good at sliding, and he's little. So you can accidentally hit him in the head, really. You can can boop him on the the noggin. (laughs) 
uh, I say that, but I'm I'm shorter than Kyler Murray. I'm five eight, so you know, I I can only imagine how intimidating it would be looking up at Javon Kinlaw, who's trying to kill me and trying to run away from him. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But anyways, that's kind of what we're looking at. Those are my general thoughts on the game. So, I. I really don't know how this is going to turn out. I think that what Shanahan wants to do, Shanahan wants to unleash this offense. What are you doing, kitty? The kitty's attacking me. She's attacking my foot. Um, I think that Shanahan is going to want to uncork a few plays. He's going to want to show people what this Trey kid is capable of. But I understand that I... I totally understand that he does not necessarily feel safe and confident playing him out there because Trey's, he's not quite there yet. I mean, I, I want him on the field and I want him to get as many reps as possible. I hope he starts the rest of the season and Jimmy coaches Trey up from the bench because Trey's the future. All the traits are there. The attributes are there. The talent is there. What he needs is game reps and coaching. He needs game reps. He needs practice reps with the first teams. And he needs coaching and he needs experience. But he's going to be erratic at times. He's going to miss throws. He's going to miss reads. Um, I just hope that Trey makes enough plays to counter the bad plays that he has and i hope that our defense can play sound enough so it's it's what it really is going to come down to the only way that i can see us winning this game is if we play complementary football and everyone is executing And that hasn't been happening. That's what we've been seeing the first four weeks. And that's why this team is two and two, despite being so talented at so many different positions. We have so much talent across this team. It's ridiculous. We had a couple injuries, but we are still probably a top five team in the NFL. When you just look at talent at all the different positions and coaching, but we're not executing. What we need to do is... Our, our defensive backs, they need to be assignment sound. Um, they need to be, our offense needs to execute properly. And we need to play complementary football. I want to see a good run game. I want to see them keep the pass game honest by stretching it out and therefore opening the run game up even more, controlling the clock, getting touchdowns, and then when they do get Kyler Murray on the field, harass the heck out of him, send... I, I want us to blitz Murray. Uh, send five, like, every time. Because if he's going to stand back there with just his five offensive linemen in front of him and maybe a running back there to help chip, like, I trust our five guys versus their five blockers. Like, that is a matchup where we are winning, and we are winning fast. And once our defensive line and a blitzer has beat, then it's chase mode. And when it's chase mode, Kyler Murray, to his credit, he's been looking to throw. So our defensive backs, they need to be assignment sound. They need to be tight in coverage. Can't be giving up 
15 five yards of separation uh, to DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk and get, leaving Rondell Moore wide open where he can unleash his 4-3 speed and take off for 50 yards after the catch. Or uh, an A.J. Green, I mean, he's just going to be a difficult matchup because his body control this year, he looks like he... He looks like old AJ Green minus a little bit of speed. So that's what we're going to have to do. I don't have a possession or a, a um, sorry, a, uh, a prediction for you. That's too difficult. Uh, I can see this game going any number of ways, but I think that is going to be, that's the only way that I can legitimately see us winning this game is execution on offense, a good run game, controlling the clock, keeping the defense fresh, harassing him with four to sending four to five. And then just at the very least having an assignment sound, you know, defensive backfield. That's the only way that I see us winning this game and touchdown drives. Cause if we can shorten the game, kill a couple of their possessions, control it and out physical them, I think that we do have a legitimate chance to win this game. It's not going to be easy, and it's very much. If, if we win this game, it is 100%, again, complimentary football, team win. It's going to be all three phases are going to have to win this game because I don't think that we've been doing that. I think that our team has been sloppy, and they got to clean some shit up. And... After this, we have a bye week, and there's going to be a lot of evaluation to do. And it's going to be very interesting to talk about after the game, because after this game, they have a bye week, and I guarantee you that there's going to be some form of controversy. If Trey Lance goes out there and he stinks it up and he plays shitty, then there's a legitimate chance that Shanahan says, hey, you know what? He's our backup. Jimmy was hurt. Jimmy's had another week to rest. Jimmy's good to go. Jimmy's still our starter. I don't want that to happen, but I could see that happening if Trey has a bad game. If Trey has a good game. It could be just like the Justin Fields situation where, you know, like Jimmy's our starter. Jimmy's our starter. Jimmy's our starter. Trey goes out, has a good game. Hey, so Trey's our starter now going forward. So I could see that going on too. Um, and the fact that it's happening, the fact that it's happening now during a bye week is going to cause 49ers Twitter and social media and everything to blow up, which is fun because it's more content. Um, I am I am very much against the hot take outrage. Everything is terrible and negative take on everything kind of crowd. I'm very much more of a figure out what's going on. How can we improve? How can we do better? Try and look at the positives and fix things kind of side of things. Um, but that's just my personality. So yeah, that's pretty much the preview. I don't want to ramble on too much uh, cause I just saw that we're going on an hour here, uh, but it's going to be an exciting game. And overall, I just, I can't wait to see what a full game of Trey Lance looks like he had the entire week. He was the number one quarterback the entire week, all the first team reps practice, a game plan installed for him. He had a, he had a, he had a, 
a half of experience to, you know, use to kind of get ready, get used to NFL speed of things. You know, what can I fit in? What can't I? And now you had a week of practice and now it's time to go out there and execute. So let's go out there. Let's execute. Let's see if we can get that win. And by the way, if we get this win, Russell Wilson uh, tore like a finger ligament or whatever, and I believe he had to get finger surgery. So he's going to be out roughly six weeks. So Seattle's probably only going to win one or two games over the, while he's out. So And they're already, they lost to the Rams, so they're two and three. So they could realistically be looking at week 10 with a three and seven record or four and six record. If we win this, then that puts us in a two-way tie with the Rams with a tiebreaker over the Cardinals going into the bye week. And then after the bye week, we've got a couple definitely winnable games because the Colts, they look terrible. Uh, I remember earlier this year thinking that looked like a difficult game, but the Colts, they look absolutely terrible. So that's a winnable game, especially if Trey has two weeks to practice and as the starter and get a game plan implemented. And then Chicago, uh, Justin Fields looks like he's improving, but Chicago seems like a team that we could totally beat. So if we go out and we're able to win this game and then Trey looks good and then we come out of the bye week, have a couple wins, like, hey, we're back in the race, and we're back potentially in a playoff race. So just because we're 2-0, and it's it's a long season. We're only four games out of 17. There's 13 more to play. So while this game is important, it's not necessarily a must win. It's not necessarily an end of the world. I would say if we lose it, it's not good. And we're probably looking at a wild card spot realistically. But if we win, then, hey, the division is by all means up for grabs because that puts us in second place and only one game behind or a half game behind because we have the tie. So trying to think if there's anything else here that I'm missing before I get out of here. I mentioned the injury report, so Kittle's doubtful. Unfortunately, I don't think we'll see him. I really hope we do, but his calf is just all sorts of fucked up right now because of the beating he's been taking and playing on it. Uh, Kinlaw and Abukum are questionable. Um, yeah, Trent Williams, good to go. Josh Norman, good to go. Elijah Mitchell, good to go. And then for the Cardinals, Byron Murphy being out, that's huge. And then their rookie corner, Marco Wilson, him being out. So yeah, that's kind of what we're looking at, and uh, I think that's going to be it. So, hope you enjoyed the pod. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Follow me on Twitter, share with your friends, and hopefully we can celebrate a game. I'll probably be back here on Tuesday doing a game review. I'll try and at the I'm gonna watch the game. Obviously, I'll probably try and rewatch it. Probably try and get some all twenty two. Uh, some film breakdowns and the fun thing is that whoo goodness um so obviously we'll what i'll probably do is have like a quick reaction pod because with a whole bye week we are gonna have so much time to really dive in to the all 22 film and see hey what did we see from trey 
Because after this game, we got a week to just watch Cardinals highlights of Trey. And it's going to be a good time. So I'm going to stop rambling. I'm going to head on out. Catch you later. And uh, other than that, have an awesome day. Go Knights.